Hey, everybody, Elizabeth here. Before we get into today's episode, I wanted to make sure that you know registration is currently open for our Spring Strong Foundations cohort. Strong Foundations is a five-week strength building program brought to you by me and Morgan Bungers. Coach Morgan Bungers is one of the best, most effective strength training coaches in this country. He has worked with some of the most elite athletes in the world, and now he specializes working with people in their 40s, in their 50s, in their 60s who want everyday strength. And this is not about being able to push your suitcase into the overhead compartment on an airplane. We need to be consistently and effectively strength training if we want to maintain the strength of our immune system. Muscle is a critical part of our immune system. And if we are not actively maintaining our strength, we are losing it as we age. And that means we are losing the strength of our immune system. It's also a significant component of our overall metabolism, especially our carbohydrate metabolism. Muscle mass plays a huge role in energy, in mood, mental health, bone health, so many different things. This is just not optional, but a lot of us don't do it because we aren't sure what to do. We aren't sure what not to do. We aren't sure if we're moving well. We don't know how to accommodate for our physical limitations or our current level of fitness, and that is why you need a coach and you'd be hard-pressed to find one better than Morgan Bungers. Now, here's the thing about fitness programs. I've experienced this. My mom, who's in her 70s, has experienced this, where you buy a fitness program and then you're like, okay, but I I can't do that workout because I'm not fit enough or I don't have enough balance or I don't have that equipment or that hurts my knees or it hurts my back. And then you're sort of just left to figure it out yourself, which means we often don't do anything. The great thing about Strong Foundations is that Morgan and I are part of it every single day and you have an unlimited ability to ask us questions in a group setting or via direct message so that Morgan can help you scale for you, for whatever equipment you have, for the time that you have, for your fitness level, for your body and your physical limitations. Five weeks, there's two different tiers. There's a beginner intermediate tier. There's an intermediate advanced tier. The testimonials that we have received from our previous clients will blow your mind. You can check them out and also register for your spot by going to primalpotential.com forward slash strong foundation. Primalpotential.com forward slash strong foundation. If you are an alum, if you have been through strong foundations before, I've already emailed you a renewal link with a special renewal rate. So please use that. If you don't see that email, let me know. For the rest of you, primalpotential.com forward slash strong foundation. We start on May 13th. So grab your spot now. You will have these workouts for life. Four workouts a week for five weeks, two different tiers. So you've got 40 workouts total. Plus, there is a five-part series on your pelvic floor. That is an incredibly important part of your physical fitness, of your strength, of your core strength, of your overall health, of your ability to maintain functional mobility as you get older. We want you to be a part of this. You will not regret joining the Strong Foundations cohort. It is an incredible community. 
everybody needs to be consistently and effectively strength training. And if you're not, it's probably because you don't know how to make it work for you. And it can be made to work for you. It needs to be made to work for you. Primalpotential.com forward slash strong foundation to register now. Let's get into the episode. This is Primal Potential, and I am your host, Elizabeth Benton. Primal Potential is about you. Your ability to change is not defined by yesterday and doesn't need to wait until tomorrow. Your transformation is now. Let's get started. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the Primal Potential Podcast. I am Elizabeth Benton, and you are in for a serious treat today for a couple of reasons. Number one, we are diving into something that I have gotten so many questions about. And number two, we are doing it with an incredible human being, someone who is going to inspire every single one of us to take bold action. But before I introduce our guest, let me give a little bit of context. So many of you have asked me to share about strategies and approaches to making big, scary decisions. And I think this is coming up more than ever, partly because of coronavirus and the changes that that made to our workplaces, the changes that made to our lives. It made a lot of people rethink a lot of things. And a lot of people were forced into changes in their home, in their work, in their finances, in their health, all of the above. But I also think that even before the pandemic and the shutdown and all of that, the side hustle economy is transitioning into a main hustle economy. And we're seeing this big shift from doing things on the side, being kind of commonplace to more and more people being like, why don't I go for it? I'm seeing people on social media every day that are just going for it and I'm not much different than they are. So whether we're talking about family goals, financial goals, business goals, personal goals, fitness, everything in between or a little bit of everything, it's something we all come up against big scary changes, wanted big, scary changes, and unwanted big, scary changes. And so when I was thinking about, gosh, I certainly made a lot of them, but I know people who have as well, the person that came to mind to to have this conversation with all of us about big, scary changes was Kelly Brock, and I'll tell you why. Kelly has not only made big, scary changes, but she's made them in front of the world, right? I think a lot of us sort of struggle and make these little two-step forward, two-step back moves behind closed doors. And then maybe we emerge and talk about it, or maybe we don't. But Kelly has been front and center in talking about these changes and being really open and honest about how she has really transformed her family, her business, herself. And it was all big and scary. So now Kelly is a business coach, but she walked away from a very successful career in network marketing and didn't have a backup plan, didn't have something to kind of rely on just in case. It was so bold. It was so brave. And it has also been so successful. But as with all of us, not without our struggles. So that is what we're going to talk about today. Kelly, thank you so much for being here. I'm so pumped to chat. Oh my gosh, I'm I'm smiling behind the screen because I'm just honored because you've been a mentor of mine, but I'm listening and I'm going, 
oh shoot, I am the girl for the job. Yeah, I did all the things. I burned the boats. I did all the things. So I'm just honored to, to contribute. So for everybody who's listening and doesn't know your amazing story and isn't yet following you, I'm sure they will be by the time this episode is over, kind of get us up to speed on some of the big, scary changes that you've made in the last few years. Yeah. So I was, um, a very successful top leader in my network marketing company and for about a decade. And I loved it. Like I was winning, I was succeeding. I was, you know, our, we were living our lives based on this business. And I, what felt like all of a sudden it wasn't obviously, but all of a sudden I developed anxiety and depression. And I remember going to uh, my counselor who I'd never had a doctor or a counselor. So I had to go find one because all of a sudden I was sick in my mind. And um, I, I remember, remember kind of waking up to these signs and symptoms in my life that I was out of alignment. And I spoke with this counselor and she was saying, okay, well, tell me about your priorities. And I was like, oh man, my faith first, my family second, my career third. And I had pointed my fingers out, like listing them. And she said, and tell me how you spend your time. And I flipped them upside down. And I said, my career is getting the best of me and everything I love is getting my residue. And it was one of the first big wake up moments of my life where I was going, whoa, I've built a whole life around what I call the one more syndrome, like just one more launch, one more promotion, one more deadline, one more thing. And my life kept waiting for me to arrive at this place where I always wanted to be. And I just got conscious to it. It was one of those moments. And this had been a 10 year buildup for me. And um, I kind of found myself going, okay, had this happen? What do I want? What else am I not noticing in my life? And it, it became where I started getting new vision for my life for the first time. And I started dreaming about what if, what if I did something different? What if me wanting to impact people's lives and, and to affect women in business doesn't have to look like the way I'd always defined it. And, um, long story short, I, I realized it wasn't in the place that I had first agreed it would be that I was changing my mind. And that came with a lot of heartbreak because I had heavily invested myself in an identity yeah. and thought when I signed up to do that at 22, that this was going to be for my forever and it changed. And, um, yeah, January of last year, I walked away from all of it because I knew, I knew for me, there was no denying that I was feeling called to something else. And I burned the boats and decided to just totally give myself over to reinvesting myself in this new version of myself. And so I've last 2020, I was making moves before everybody else was, I was pivoting before they were. And, um, honestly it served me this last year because I was already prepared to help other people rethink differently about their lives. Cause I had already been in motion rethinking about life and business and big changes. And, um, it's been a really crazy and hard and fun journey. Oh my gosh. She had said so much there that I want to like dive into. I'm furiously (laughs) taking notes over here. I love that you call out the, the one more, one more launch, one more speaking event, one more, you know, thing. And I've, I've lived that in so many ways. I think it has held me back that mentality, whether it was, you know, when I was over 350 pounds, 
one more day of overeating, one more time to skip the workout, one more holiday of indulgence, one more whatever, one more excuse, one more night staying up late watching Netflix. And that kept me from this huge change I wanted to make with my health. And then same thing. I absolutely can relate to my family is my top priority, but you would never know it from the way I spend my time, which was super embarrassing for me to admit, but I honestly didn't know another way. Mm -hmm. And I, and I would stay in that mode of like, I just have to get through this launch or I just have to finish this book or I just have to hire this person. But then I would move the marker. Then it was, now I need to onboard this person, or I just have to get past the first three months of book promotions, or, and it would would always move. I've, I've said this before, and I don't say it with a whole lot of pride. My former husband told me that I was like the queen of moving the marker. Mm. Like once I lose 50 pounds, then I'll be happy. And then 50 became 75. And then 75 came when I had more friends or when our marriage was better. And I did it financially. Once we get out of debt, then I'll be cool with us traveling. But then when we got out of debt, it was like, well, no, we've got to save and we've got to invest and we've got to, you know, do all of these things. You're delaying, delaying, literally delaying. And Elizabeth, when you said that about your former husband, I I remember the moment when I, my husband, I would just say one more, you know, let me get through this thing. Right. Yeah. He would get so angry. And then I remember the day where I was just like, let me just finish this, whatever. And he said, there's always another thing to finish. Apathy replaced his anger. And I was like, whoa, the dynamic just changed. He stopped literally counting on me. He stopped caring. He stopped asking because he was so tired of hoping I would shift. And I was going, this is not the version of myself I want to be. So then I started asking myself, wait, well, what is the version of myself I want to be? I started defining it. I was going in no way, shape or form. Am I walking that out in my real life? It's like, I mean, some people might be like, well, no, duh, you, you, you get the life that you want based on how you're living. Well, I just, I wasn't conscious to that. When you just said that, like rethinking and, and well, who is it that I want to be? I found that it was so easy for me to go on to the next thing. Like, I just have to get this person onboarded. I just have to do this launch. I just have to do this project. It was easier to do that because I had clarity there. Yes. And it felt harder to make a change because I didn't have clarity there. And I think so many people listening, that is where they are. That is what that is what held me up for so long, consciously or less than consciously. I didn't know how I wanted things to be, but I did know what I needed to do in my business. I did know what I wanted our next financial step to be. Where we have clarity, we will move in that direction. And where we don't have clarity, it feels like too much or it feels impossible. So for you, it sounds like you started asking, okay, if that's not who I want to be, who do I want to be? But, but tell me more about that process of creating clarity around the change. Because I think a lot of people are like, the way things are right now, it's not working. It's not good. It's not what I want, but I don't know what I do want and I don't know how to do it. Yeah. So I think I obviously first got conscious to what I didn't want. I was like, well, yeah. I don't want to work like this and I don't want my marriage to look like this. Like we still really love each other. I want to keep that for like the long-term, you know, and my parenting. So I started looking at 
all the parts of my whole. I had been really overcompensating my uh, self-worth with my achievement. Yeah. And I thought, I'm, I am all of these parts of my whole. And I didn't want them to be sacrificed any longer at the expense of this achievement wheel I was on. And so I first got clear on what I didn't want. I, that was get, I was getting conscious to that. Well, then I started asking myself, okay, well, if I was to show up as the best version of myself, what would that look like? And I remember doing a journal exercise where I wrote down in 10 years from now, if I was to show up as the best version of myself, and I wrote about what that would look like. I, I described a day. I talked about how my husband um, came down the stairs um, to receive me and to kiss me in the morning because we still felt that way about each other. I talked about my work and the truth is when I first wrote this, it took me about 90 minutes. Like I, I just really detailed my day. And I remember feeling like it's really foggy. I knew I was speaking and impacting, but I didn't know where. I knew I was affecting women and I was speaking on stages, but I didn't see who was in the audience necessarily. Like all of a sudden it was unidentified with the business, the vehicle, the container that I'd been in. I was like, oh, maybe I could want this outside of the way I've always agreed that I would get those things in my life. And so with that lack of clarity, I would say for me, the clarity first comes in really getting to that vision, starting to ask yourself those questions and duh, writing the answers, starting to define it, but it's going to look a little cloudy at first. And I think that's really good Yeah, because it's like the headlights on a car. You can only see so far and then you need to travel further and then you need to travel further. And more got exposed to me as I started taking steps towards these foggy visions of what I wanted. Does that make mm -hmm. sense? Oh, totally. I can so relate to for me, unfortunately, it was, I mean, so many times this has happened. It happened when I left my job. It happened when I lost over a hundred pounds. It happened over and over. I think the most, not surprisingly, the most powerful one for me was after our daughter died. And I just totally reframed my view of of family, my view of how I wanted to spend my time, my view of what I wanted for my life. And not only was a lot of it cloudy, mm -hmm. but I also had no idea how to get there. Like, mm -hmm. sounds great, sounds lovely, sounds like something everybody would want, but how do I get from where I am now to that without losing my shirt, right? Without losing money, without having to sell my home, without having to, you know, sell everything we own and, and just start from scratch. Like I truly had no idea how to get there. And I wonder, like, did you face that too? Because for a lot of people, they either know you talked about what you don't want, what you don't want it to look like. They either have some clarity there or they have that cloudy, murky kind of, kind of defined sense of what they do want, but they're not moving forward because they don't know how. Oh my gosh. Absolutely. And I didn't know how, and that was scary. Because yeah. I, everything I already knew how to do, I had complete control over. So fear totally crept in. Yeah. When I started to, to write that cloudy vision and 
I started to unidentify with, okay, it might not be who I've always said I'm going to be, and it might not be this thing anymore. That felt really, really scary because I had heavily invested in that version. And even though I was uncomfortable, it was safe. Mm-hmm. I at least knew what to expect in this life. I at it least predictable. It was predictable, right? So it wasn't comfortable. It was just familiar. Mm-hmm. And I kept saying it like that's, I think we should call it the familiar zone, not the comfort zone. Mm-hmm. It's just familiar. And so I started getting so afraid and I started dreaming about this life. I was like, man, if I, if everything was possible and if this was fun and easy, right? And if this was the best version of myself, I started seeing myself showing up differently and um, doing business differently. And same thing you said, I didn't know how to be that girl because I had never done it before. Mm -hmm. So my fear started getting rampant. I don't know about you, but when I get afraid, I feel like it swells in my head. Like my anxiety goes crazy. And all of a sudden I go to worst case scenarios and I'm like, why do I even have to want something different? Like, what's wrong with me? Why can't I just be happy with what I have? It's enough. People would beg, die, plead to have this, right? But I couldn't deny that this wasn't my new space. It wasn't what was meant for me. I was, I was supposed to grow. And so one of the exercises I did was, I, could, I call it going to the bottom of your fear. So my fear was like, oh my gosh, what if I go for this dream, this big change, this big vision for my life? And what if we lose everything? Yeah. What if the people who have been my friends don't love me? And I would usually stop there and I was like, okay, Kelly, well, what if? Yeah. Well, okay. We risk everything and we lose the house. I'd have to live with my parents. That would suck. And then, you know, then I find out who my real friends are. Right. So I took myself to the bottom of my fear Okay. I'd lose everything. I'd have to get a job at a yoga studio. I'd work at a coffee shop. I'd nanny. I don't know. I'd figure it out. And so I took myself to the bottom of the fear to say, what would actually be the worst thing that could happen? Yeah. And then I imagined it had happened and I said, and how would I get myself out? Yeah. And so all of a sudden I had just gotten a little more mental control around the fact that like, I'd figure it out just like I have before. I'd find out who my real friends were. I'd find out what I'm capable of, right? And so all of a sudden, the big risks that come with big change, like got a little more defined for me, a little less scary because I thought some way, somehow I'd figure it out like I have before. Yeah. I did the same thing. I I literally would be like, well, I've started with, we might not be able to afford everything we have now, you know, like the... The flexibility that we have now, the the things that we have now, what if all of a sudden there was a month where like I couldn't pay the bills? And I was like, well, do I have things I could sell? Like literally yep. in my home, things I could sell. Yes. Okay. Could I sell them? Do I feel like for a month or two I could meet our needs? If I had if I had to, if it got to that. Yeah. Okay, well, what if it was worse than that? What if it was worse than that? And there were like multiple months of nothing and I just drained our savings, then what? And honestly, I was like, I I could get a job at Target. Like not only do I think I could get a job that pays more than working at Target, I was also willing to do that. Like that that doesn't scare me. And I think part of making big scary changes is looking at what you're willing to do. I'm willing to sell my car and get a beater. 
I'm yep. willing to, and I think you did that. I did. I literally, so it's, I was literally just nodding because I remember, so I'd been with this company for 10 years, loved it, like loved it. I just changed. And I remember a mentor saying to me, like, what are you going to do for work? And I, I was like, I mean, I want to go create this thing. And she was like, what if it doesn't work out? And I was like, then I'll get a job. Yeah, I'll exactly. figure it out. Like it, I was so willing to do whatever it took because I was so unwilling to get to the end of my life and say, I didn't live out my potential that I didn't use it all up. And so it was worth the risk to get the potential reward. Cause I couldn't live with myself if I didn't see what I was capable of. And, and it's funny, you said, I literally traded in a luxury vehicle from my company. Like they towed it out of my parents' driveway. I couldn't even do it in my driveway. I was like, yeah. mom, dad, I'm going to bring the car over. They're going to tow it. And I bought a $5 Chevy Impala and I drove it for nine months of this year. Yeah. And I proudly drove that car because it was mine. Yep. It was proof that I was willing to be whoever I needed to be to become who I wanted to become yep. without the chains or limitations of this old version that I was so afraid to change from before. It was, it was worth it. Well, and I think of people who, yeah, I talk to a lot of people who have this fear of like what people will think if mm. there's a setback during the change. And you, you said, you know, you find out who your true friends are in this last year since Dagny died, I have turned off millions of dollars of income for my, from my business in an attempt to, to make a big change, mm. to change my life, to change my family, to change everything. And like, it has absolutely changed my day to day. And I am not afraid. Like if it got to the point where I had to sell my car or I had to, you know, rent out a bedroom in my home, I'm not ashamed of that. I'm, I'm more afraid to be the person who is an unhappy achiever mm -hmm. than I am to have people witness me doing whatever it takes to create a life that reflects what I really want. And it, it requires boldness. We all either know people, hundreds of people, or we are the people who are who are content and miserable. Like yeah. the job, you hate it, but it pays the bills. So you keep going. I don't want to be that person. Not only that, I don't want my friends to be that person. I don't yeah. want people I love to be that person because life is so short. Honest to God, if you hate your job and you are not moving heaven and earth to change your situation, I want you to wake up. Mm -hmm. I feel so strongly about that. I would rather struggle and fail and legit have a period of my life where in my 30s or 40s, I've got to go work at Target than I would work in a job that I don't like or not have the time to give my family. Like I want to be creative. I want to try other things. And I want that for everybody else too. You know, I think Elizabeth, one of the, one of the moments that stood out to me in my day, I used to wake up and it, with that inhale in the morning, like, okay, like almost bracing myself. Here we go. Yeah. yeah. Like, oh yeah, I'm now conscious to this day and, and here's who I need to be and how I need to show up. And it was like, 
I didn't know I had another option until I started to pursue this version of myself, which by the way, doesn't fit the boxes anymore for people. They got real uncomfortable with me changing and I I lost like mm, thousands, let's just say of air quotations, friends. And that's okay. That's okay. But one of the most precious things is the moment that I rest my head on the pillow at night and I, and the thought comes in my head, I'm really doing it. Yeah. I did everything in my power today to be the version of myself I wanted to be, or I gave myself grace to grow again. I got curious today. I was creative. I loved my children more purposefully and intentionally. I loved, you know, the women that I'm mentoring and leading in business uh, so intentionally. And that, what we forget is when everything else goes away, when the screens get turned off, when the, when the promotions are over, we're left with ourselves. Yeah. And those were the moments I am feeling the most proud of myself because I'm going, I wouldn't trade the way I feel about myself and the way I trust myself for anything. I didn't have that before. Yeah. And I always, right now, I feel so strongly that life is too short to wake up and think, here we go again. Yeah. Life is too short to wake up and think like, I can't wait until the weekend. Yeah. You know how much of your life you're, you're missing out on. And look, I'm not saying you don't have to work, but you can work and do something you love. You can work and do something that fulfills you. You can work and do something that you look forward to. That is within the reach of everybody. And I'm just not willing to live a life of, here we go again, a life of, oh God, I can't wait until five o'clock or I wish I didn't have to do, you know, this phone call or this meeting or that thing. Like I, I just don't want to live that way because life is so precious and life is so short and it's just not, it's not worth it to me. And one of the things that encourages me constantly, because we're not saying that it's not going to be scary. It is very likely going to be scary. Somebody said to me the other day, Elizabeth, if you weren't scared, I'd be worried about you because what you're doing is legitimately scary. (laughs) but it doesn't mean that it's wrong. One of the things that helps me so much is, and I started doing this probably when I was in my twenties. I didn't even know I wanted to be a business owner, but I was always struck when I would drive down the road by how many businesses there were. And I would think to myself, somebody just started that. Somebody was just like, I'm going to open a tire shop. I'm going to, you know, put a, put a curtain store here. I'm going to open up a restaurant right here on this corner. Like, the billions of people who have done that, it's, it takes away the fear factor for me a little bit because when I think about it, and I do this all the time now, when I drive even just between here and the post office, which is, I don't know, two and a half miles away from my house, I probably pass 20 businesses, small little businesses and, and bigger businesses too, the mom and pop gas station and everything in between. I think to myself, there's no way in the world that every single one of these people is smarter than me or came into money from elsewhere, like, you know, had the money to start it up or whatever. Sure, there's a lot of them that are probably smarter than me and there's a lot of them that have more money than me, but surely not all of them. Right. And I just find that so encouraging that, you know, hey, 
there are going to be ups and there are going to be downs and you'll be hard pressed to find anybody who's just had a flawless trajectory upward, you know, from, from the day they graduated from middle school or high school. It's okay. It is normal as expected to have ups and downs and ebbs and flows. But I think what we should not be okay with is being that like unhappy achiever who, yeah, you got a promotion and you have a good job and it pays the bills and you're unhappy. Well, one of my favorite quotes is, you know, maybe even you said it, I don't even know where I heard it, but what you're not, what you're not changing, you're choosing. Yep. So like you don't get to complain about it, be sad about it, be uncomfortable when you have a choice to change. Yeah. And, uh, you know, for me, I was a recovering perfectionist and people pleaser. And so the thought of failing was like, oh God, I, and especially publicly because I was already publicly known. Yeah. And so to change and then for me to feel like my world was watching me do it, I, I remember feeling so afraid. And then I decided to switch my mentality around that fail is not a problem. Fail is first attempt in learning. And so every time I took a step towards something, because what I'm doing now was like, feels like I went totally rogue. It was like this dream in my heart that was like, not who I should be necessarily on paper. And, but I just thought every time I take a step towards something that intrigues me, I'm going to try it on for size and I'll see if it fits. So if I fail, that teaches me more about who I want to be and who I don't want to be. If it works for me, if it doesn't, I, I just was going to open myself up to how could I ever know more about how to do things right if I don't figure out what doesn't work, right? What goes wrong. And so, and, and I think about all the amazing people that inspire me, like the big business owners, the big impact leaders, like they have fail stories. Mm-hmm. They, they have failed all the way up. And that's, and that's what part of why we connect exactly. with them. Exactly. I, I, mean, I, if I learn more from their failures than their, than their successes. And everybody loves to root on an underdog. Like when you were saying, you know, that fear of failing in public, I think about somebody who lost everything and they're starting over. There's nobody I want to root for more. I think that that actually is what draws people to us. It doesn't make us, sure, there are going to be the people that are like, oh, I knew it. I knew that was stupid. But the majority of people want to see people come up. That is, that is, you look at politics, you look at anything, they always say like, everybody loves an underdog, whether it's the sports team or it's, it doesn't matter. We love to see somebody come through adversity. And when I think about that, I feel less scared of people watching me potentially fall on my face. Yeah. And you know, it's been interesting too, because I walked away from a a really powerful culture in network marketing. And one of the things that I know is that mindset and how you speak about your life is so powerful. Mm -hmm. And so I know you always say like, stay in the problem. I mean, stay in the solution, not in the problem, right? Put your energy towards that. I know that I'm the person who gets to create the meaning that I attach to my life. Mm -hmm. So I told myself a really great story. Like instead of me going, I'm scared. What if I fail? All these things, I decided not to speak that out. I started to speak about 
What if this was possible? What if this was fun? What if this was easy? What if I changed my life? What if I, blah, blah, blah. And I started speaking about that this was good. Yeah. And that I was excited and that I was expanding and that I was growing. Well, on the other side of that coin, you could say, I'm scared, right? I just decided to create the meaning that I wanted to attach to my story. And so, of course, what we think about, we bring about. And that is the majority of the reality that I experienced this last year because I talked about it to myself that way. That was the. Jim Collins, who wrote Good to Great and a bunch of other things, he, I'm pretty sure it's Jim Collins, he talks about the tyranny of and and the genius of or, right? And, and I just thought about it when, when you were saying, like, you could have this story of fear. For me, there is genius in and. Like, yes, I am scared as I make these changes. And also, I'm open to the possibility that they might bring. And also, I believe that everything is figure outable. It's not that either I have to be in fear or I have to be excited in impossibility. They both can exist. And they yep. probably serve each other very, very well. It's about where, where you choose to spend the most of your time or your energy. I love the notion of the genius of and. It is scary. And it is exciting. And I doubt myself sometimes. And I believe that everything is figureoutable. Yeah. Yeah. And, and for me, I feel like I wish I had learned this earlier that you're going to be misunderstood sure, and that your new life, it, it's going to cost you your old life. So yeah, it's going to come with uh, an expense, Yep. but the reward absolutely outweighs the risk because when you are walking into something that you're creating, that you're these big changes and you're the author of those actions in your life to go get it. Like I've never been more energized in my whole life because I was yeah. going, this is for me. Yeah. This, it, I, you, I don't count the costs when I'm going, I'm so intrinsically motivated to go create what it is that I'm dreaming about. Like you can't stop me. Yeah. It's been amazing. We talked about this a little bit, but I want to circle back before we, before we wrap up for the people who feel like, I don't know what I want. Yeah. I, know, I know that this isn't it. I know, okay, you've got me. I'm not happy. I, I want to figure this out so that I can change. And you talked about starting with what you don't want, but what are some of the other, the other tools that you use either for yourself when you're in uncertainty and lack of clarity or with your clients? Yeah. One of the things that a lot of the clients, a lot of the women who come and work with me, they're coming because of my story. They're going, I think I'm changing, but I'm totally unsure. What do I do? And Mm -hmm. one of the things that scares them the most is they're, they're clear about what they don't want now and they don't know who they're supposed to go be. And so one of my favorite things is to reflect every single night on the question, where did I lean in? Where did I light up? Mm-hmm. Because every day going, okay, what, what lit me up today? What energized me? What could I do more of? Where did I see myself like, you know, physically leaning into the computer when I was talking on camera or feeling totally energized when I was writing that post or, oh my gosh, it was the dollars in the back end of my business. I saw myself just being excited to be a problem solver in that area. 
I think sometimes we're just not conscious enough to the things that naturally um, light us up. And so to start to reflect on that daily, now looking back at my journal, I did this for probably six months and I saw the silver lining. It's like, well, there I am. I lit up every time I was speaking motivationally. I, I lit up every time I was in a one-on-one conversation encouraging people. I light up around marketing and problem solving and offers in the marketplace. Like, holy cow, I was that person all along. I just didn't know until I had enough evidence on paper. I know you talk about your identity and creating evidence for that. I did it long enough that I started to feel totally sure about this is who I've been or who I am wanting to be. That's really where I love to start. I think that is so powerful. And when you were, when you were giving these questions, you know, where did I lean in? Where, where did I light up? For me, I can think of those things, but I also had a time in my life where I don't think I would have been able to answer those questions. And when I think of the time in my life where I was working in a job that I was good at, but did not enjoy. I was well compensated, but I hated going to work and I dreaded it. And it gave me a ton of anxiety. I weighed over 350 pounds. I, I was just unhappy in every area of my life. And if you'd asked me then, where did I light up? There mm-hmm. wasn't any light. And so I just want to touch on that for people yeah. who might be in that place. And this is going to seem really like a stretch, but trust me, start taking better care of yourself. Mm. Like I I know that that can seem totally unrelated and like the last thing you wanted to do. But I know for me, I was metaphorically burying myself under food and television and Amazon shopping and sleeping too much. So true. And when I started to take better care of myself, the light started to come back. You know, my mom used to ask me, because she saw me struggling so much, and she would say, what brings you joy? And it, and it pissed me off because I was like, nothing, nothing. I'm not happy. And yeah, and it, was, yeah. it was very genuine. But as I started to take better care of myself, one baby step at a time, seriously, one smaller Chick-fil-A order at a time, literally, it started to lift the heaviness, literally and figuratively, that made me feel like, I don't even know, I have nowhere to start. So if you're, if you're listening and you're thinking like, I don't know, I have nowhere to start, as counterintuitive as it might seem, start baby stepping towards improvements in yourself. And I know you talk about this, Kelly, you know, I follow you on social media, on social media, like the difference between when you're eating well and working out and what that does for the way that you think and the way that you make decisions and the clarity that you have. It's a real thing. It, and honestly, you're saying that and I'm going, actually, that was, that was step one or two. My mental wellness, how I was caring for myself when I decided to really start shifting my life, I energetically didn't feel like it. Yeah. Same thing. Proof on paper. I was like clinically anxious and depressed at the moment. So I was like, well, nothing's really working out for me. So I completely agree. I had to start taking steps towards that. And I started feeling better. I had better mental clarity. I was loving myself better. I was more energized. And so I was able to make that shift. And one other shift that I feel like I made that made all the difference when I started you know, wanting to have a bigger, better vision for my life. One of the things that blocked me was the, I think a lot of people lack vision Mm -hmm. because they actually lack 
sight, meaning I was only surrounded by people who talked about the same vision. And so one of the best things I did was I got around people intentionally who were not like me, who were inspired artists and musician and social justice and different businesses. And I just like sat near them and listened to them and followed them on social media and started exposing myself to inspired people who were different than me. And because of that, my vision expanded because I had new sight. I could see something different than I had originally had. I mean, we don't see the world as it is. We see the world as we are. So I had to change the way I was in this world and what I saw. Yeah. I love that. I love that. I I know that this is going to touch so many people and speak to so many people. Tell us where people can connect with you and learn about the work that you're doing and follow you on social and all that good stuff. Yeah. So uh, my favorite place is Instagram. Um, It's at Kelly Brock and I'm in my DMs every single day. One of the things I love to say is I love to support and encourage people. So if I'm supporting you and I can help you in business or in life, that's awesome. And if I I can encourage you, I'm happy to do that too. Cause I think sometimes we just need someone to encourage us uh, so that we can take the steps we know to create. So DM me, I would love to connect. I love that. Kelly, thank you for sharing so honestly about your experience and also so openly and generously about what has helped you because there are some really actionable steps that people can take here in terms of identifying what you don't want and what's not working, looking at where you lean in, looking at where you light up. Like this is, this is a such a valuable conversation and I'm just so grateful that you're willing to be a part of it. Oh my gosh, thank you. And I can't wait to connect with all of your listeners. Thanks so much for listening to the Primal Potential Podcast, where our goal is not to help you learn. Our goal is to help you change. This is a year of action. Take something you learned from this episode and put it into action in your life today. To learn more about working more closely with me and the Primal Potential team, please visit primalpotential.com forward slash transform.